This is The Warrior's Journey, a podcast designed to equip, inspire, and bridge the gaps between military members, veterans, their families, and our communities. The Warrior's Journey is an online resource that addresses the unique challenges warriors and their families face and presents the message of faith as a path to finding wholeness in everyday life. For questions, resources, and to find ways to get involved, visit thewarriorsjourney.org. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Warrior's Journey podcast. Uh, great to have you join us once again here this week, uh, this Friday, as we uh, dive back into some areas of leadership. I'm Kevin Weaver with the Warrior's Journey, and once again, uh, in the studio, again the, today, not on the phone, thank goodness. It's uh, always a little bit more challenging when we're on the phone talking with folks, having to trust that uh, that technology. Here we are talking about technology. Uh, we <laughs> use technology. That's our that's our go-to. But uh, in the studio, it's always fun to have uh, Danny White back with us, and uh, man, great discussion last week in regard to what's happening with this idea of leadership. And um, I, I just want to say something very briefly. When we think about what's going on in our world today and the perspectives of especially, you know, we, we talk about millennials, we got Gen X and then now Gen Z and, you know, and, and all these different perspectives. And it, it's, and it's not all, I'm not going to blanket this. I don't want to pigeonhole anybody, but it's interesting to me to see the perspective that no one really even thinks about leading themselves. It's like mm-hmm. they just want everything handed, and responsibility is not on the forefront of people's minds when it, <laughs> in our culture. Uh, it's kind of scary, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope and pray that somehow we'll see a turn. And I don't think that really happens without actually seeing, seeing really good leadership. So this is a great topic. Danny, I know this is something that's been so much on your heart. You, you have demonstrated it. You've experienced it. Being in the Marine Corps, uh, you know, going up through the ranks, dealing with tragedy in your life, as we talked about last week, and then seeing how God has brought you through. So what I want to do is I want to talk less today and maybe <laughs> give you opportunity to talk more. But uh, I'd love to dive in and talk about some of the other elements that really help us to, to secure, a, I think, a solid thought about what good leadership is all about. Last week, we talked about humility. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that there's some some ideas in your mind uh, and really some things that you've seen and experienced that I'd love for you to share today. So fire away. What what, what direction can we go? Thanks, Kevin. Great to be back uh, with you in the audience. Um, we're just going to jump right into the shepherd leadership picture. Uh, and again, I, I appreciate this about the warrior's journey. Hey, biblical um, uh, worldview is where it's at. And that's where, you know, we'll go to get, res- you know, true resiliency, you yeah. know, help. Um, and again, I'm sharing uh, information that uh, was given um, specific license, if you would, to share. Sure. Um, with you know a bit of my own studying, but in the book of Proverbs um, is written by Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived. Again, according to the Bible, mm-hmm. he's writing that to his son Rehoboam. I had never thought of that because Solomon was king for 40 years, and then Rehoboam took over. And in two passages, and for time's sake, I won't read those. No, that's um, fine. But, that's but a, in it's Proverbs, a good context, though, because I, I, don't, I think a lot of people, even maybe some Bible students, maybe not realize that that, that was the impetus for right. that book. You know, Because in chapter 1, you know, my son. Well, who was his son? Well, it was Rehoboam. Yeah, right. I never put Rehoboam in there that he's trying to help him. But in Proverbs 24, there is a, um, a little poem, if you would, where Solomon's talking about a lazy farmer or a cursed farmer. And some mistakes, some failures that he did, and then in turn the results of those. So, like you were talking about, you know, the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are, we we can make decisions, but sometimes we can't affect. We cannot choose the consequences mm-hmm. that come with that, because there's always consequences that come with our decisions. A lot of times, those are good consequences mm-hmm. when we make good decisions. But the the counter is true. 
But in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 to 34, is he's talking about, you know, giving Rehoboam this, this picture. Hey, I saw this farmer. He failed to do some things. These were the results. And then in 27, he's talking about the diligent shepherd. And that's where we're going to focus the remainder of our time. Yeah. And these are, if you would, very similar in their style. If you look at the Hebrew and how they're written, mm-hmm. they're, they're twins, not identical twins. You know, kind of like Jacob and Esau. They were um, two boys in the same mm-hmm. womb, but they weren't identical. Right. They were twins. And so in, in going through this is um, God has an affinity in essence for with shepherds in the word. Um, sometimes, you know, the example is given God's a potter, God's mm-hmm. a sower, God's a vine dresser. Um, but many, many times it's more common that he's, he's ascribing to the shepherd. Especially when he's talking about his relationship with mankind. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And so, and I think there's, there's something that we can gain from that without, again, without being oversimplistic um, that goes with that. And to me, it, it, it really um, added layers. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Added yeah. layers to servant leadership with a shepherd leadership concept. Yeah, let, let's, let's, and I just want to remind kind of the, in the conversation here, he wasn't, he didn't refer to himself as a rancher, mm-hmm. a farmer. I mean, he talked about farmers, but he didn't relate himself as a farmer. Mm-hmm. It was always shepherd. Mm-hmm. It's, Psalm 23, 1, yeah. the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. Jesus in John 10, I'm the good shepherd. So maybe it would be helpful, just in your studies, what what is distinctive about a shepherd outside of these other particular professions? I think it's, it comes back to the heart. You know, we were talking a little bit, you know, with the with the last session, um, you know, as we, we had look, some cultures looked down on shepherds like Egyptians did. Mm-hmm. Um, they mm-hmm. had a, a god with a ram's head as part of the, the, the statue. Mm-hmm. Well, they looked down, you know, on, on shepherds. Uh, today in the Bedouin culture, I mean, shepherd is a highly respected part uh, of the family or the tribe because the the, the the herd, you know, which is the um, goats, and then the flock, which is the sheep, when you have those together, that's the bank account, if you would. That's their that's, livelihood. That's so their you livelihood, must yep. safeguard that. Yep. And you don't want just some riffraff, you know, out there, you know, <laughs> kind of the, the, the last person. Now, you want probably one of your better people, you know, to be out there doing that. So they, they esteem the shepherd. Um, culture and and I think too there's interesting things about goats and sheep that a lot of people don't know. I grew up on a farm, so the only I, I know a little bit, not a lot. We had both. We had goats and sheep, and they needed some special care. Yes, um, you know they weren't like cows or or chickens or some of these other livestock uh, things that we have. Uh, sheep are in fact sheep especially. They're pretty. They're pretty temperamental, mm-hmm. and uh, in fact, when they get frightened, they stop eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they fall over. They could die, you know, especially if they've been eating. And they, you know, it's 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 just, there's a call, all kinds of weird stuff with sheep, mm-hmm. and they're very they're very susceptible to diseases in their diet. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just all this stuff. But there's these spiritual mm-hmm. connections to that because right. we're the sheep, we're pretty fragile, mm-hmm. you know. And if God's not, we're not taking in what God's leading us to, mm-hmm. it all leads to death. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. And and I wanted to to emphasize when um, we were talking about you know, the last episode of intr- God entrusting like you know my wife to me, mm-hmm. uh, your wife to you, our children you know to each other respectively as fathers. Right. I'm not putting them down as dumb sheep. I'm looking at me and, and my role as a shepherd. So that's that's where the the focus is. But I totally agree with you. Danny White is dumb as a sheep and <laughs> needs the good shepherd to guide me. Well, um, there there are other sheep that become under shepherds, right? Yes. No, I get that. That makes sense, and that, that's a good clarification. And there's no derogatory meaning behind mm-hmm. that, other than the fact that you know we are weak, he is strong, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think it goes back to again humility. Right. You know, if we can't, if we think we're we don't need God. 
that's I think the worst form of arrogance. Exactly. Uh, so that's good. That's excellent. But but as we look through just a quick catalog, I mean, in Cain was the first farmer. Abel was well, excuse me, Adam was the first farmer because he was tending. But Cain was a farmer. Abel was a shepherd. God accepted Abel and rejected Cain. So we see there's something there with the shepherd. Mm-hmm. It was same thing with with uh, let's go to Abraham. He has two <laughs> brothers. And it's not to say let me hold. It's not to say that God rejects farmers out there. No. So please don't no. si- don't don't write in and complain yeah. about that. That's not yeah. what we're saying. No. And that's not what God feels, but it was his sacrifice mm-hmm. that he brought. He didn't obey. Yes. And and God was basically guiding him. He's like, look, Abel brought an, an op- he brought the best, and it just says Cain brought an offering. Right. Implication is he did not bring the best. Right. And in turn, I mean, if you, as we're going to look at, you know, you're spending time with sheep as the shepherd. I mean, it's probably going to hurt your heart to kill one and take it in. Right. I mean, to take my cucumbers and peaches or kumquats, okay, no big deal. Just right. go and throw it on the altar. So there's something going on with the heart. Totally there. Get that. It's not the farmer piece, uh, which kind of goes back to the, the freedom and finances talk, you know, we did um, yeah. last year. But, you know, continuing on, Abraham, Abraham had two brothers. Abraham's a shepherd. God chooses him. One was a city builder. One was a, apparently a warrior. God doesn't choose either one. Abraham has two boys. Ishmael's a hunter. Again, nothing bad about hunting. I like right. to try that myself. Right. But Isaac was a shepherd, yeah. and God uh, you know, sides with Isaac. And then Isaac has two boys, Esau, hunter, like Uncle Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Jacob is a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And then he marries two shepherd sisters. Mm-hmm. And then along with their two maidservants that they you know, come with a wedding package, he has 12 shepherding boys. Mm-hmm. And they form 12 shepherding families, which become 12 shepherding tribes. And God chooses that nation of shepherds mm-hmm. to be his people because he wants them to be a kingdom of priests, but they don't. They don't fulfill what God wanted them to do. Yep, they fell uh, back into uh, the worldly standard. Yep, right. And so, and it also <laughs> amazing that Jesus' birth—I mean, the Son of God has been born, came down in human, you know, form—is born, and who does God announce it to? To a bunch of shepherds. Yeah, that's interesting. And so again, you know, and then and we've already mentioned briefly, Jesus is a good shepherd. And three times he's talking about the sheep will know that he's, that he's willing down to lay his life for the sheep. You know, he'll fight the bear, he'll fight the lion. So the sheep have that quiet confidence, the shepherd's going to protect me. And then the sheep know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. Yeah. Well, how does that happen? You've got to, the shepherd spend time with the sheep. And then thirdly, he knows his sheep by name. They're not just a number. And that kind of comes from Luke 15 when he's talking about mm-hmm. the, the, the lost uh, the hundred, flock of a hundred, but one's lost. It's not just a number, but Jesus knew that sheep by name. And so he went to go rescue that one. And I was, I was surprised I never thought about this. Why did God get so mad at David for numbering the people? It's like, look, you're not looking at it as a flock. You're looking at it as just a bunch of numbers. Yeah. And how often God had all these, you know, uh, the Hebrew phone book, he had the, the children of Israel's names written out. It wasn't just numbers. It was names written out. And so it's important. The individual matters to God. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to see a little bit more, you know, in this picture um, of, you know, the shepherd um, mentality and God having that affinity, you know, if you would, for the shepherd. And that, you know, serving, if you would. It's good. To con- so we looked a little bit briefly at, at, at uh, Cain and Abel, you know, the farmer and the shepherd. Moses started out as a king. I mean, he was born, f- Pharaoh's daughter finds him in the Nile. Um, he goes into royalty. And then in Acts 7, where St. Stephen's talking, um, it was 40 years he lives as a king. And it appears he feels God calling him, hey, go, I'm going to go rescue the people as a king. And that doesn't work out well for him. Nope. And he has to run for his life. Right. And what do we find Moses doing for 40 years? Uh, tending sheep. Tending sheep. 
and God don't talk to him until he's 80 years old. Yeah, and that's when his uh, his real ministry begins. Exactly. Why? He has a heart of a shepherd. Yeah, for another 40 years. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. And he leads a bunch of cantankerous people. <laughs> you know? But, you know, in all those examples, so if I'm a, you know, if I'm a military guy, veteran, and or maybe a, a dependent, you know, whatever, somehow exposed to that world, uh, maybe even moms and dads who maybe you didn't serve, but you've got kids that are serving, you think, well, what is that? How does that relate to me? Well, uh, what I'm hearing you say, Danny, is from this example we see in the scripture is God really calls us to not forget to be relational, mm-hmm. to not forget to be personal, and to not forget to be other, others centric. Well said. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's it's, well it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I was I just was jotting that down as I was listening to you. Those are the things that popped in my head. It's like you know this is really good because to be relational. That takes a lot of that takes a lot of intentionality to not think about me. And so, what can I what can I be for someone else? Because that's what a shepherd does. He gives his whole day, his whole life, his whole existence to making sure that that flock has what they need. Mm-hmm. That there, there's water, that there's food, that there's an environment that that's safe. That uh, that 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 brings peace and tranquility. Because he knows if there's wolves amongst them. Mm-hmm. You know, all that goes. And so uh, just just some things in my mind. But but I think those are great lessons, you know, mm-hmm. because we can all do that. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that anybody in, in your in your setting can do, right? Mm-hmm. So my question is, is, like, why don't we do that? <laughs> why don't we do that? We should be doing that a lot better. Why? What? What is the deal? Why do we have so much problem with this? I guess. Busyness, and it takes time. Yeah. And I'm stomping on my own toes. I'm not <laughs> try, sure. trying to look down on anyone else, but it's just the busy, the to-do list. I mean, I've always fought this, um, particularly as in, in recent years as I recognize my to-do list often outweighed relationships. Yeah. But it's got, particularly leading my wife and children, I've got to spend time with them. I've got to know what's going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with my children, they're looking to me for guidance, you know, because I've, you know, been around the turn a few more times than them. And so have the experience, experiential learning, experiential wisdom, you know, to pass on so that if they choose, you know, and like we were going to talk about Rehoboam, he did not follow his father's guidance, even though there was plenty of advice, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't follow it. And he had to bear the consequences. So my children can listen to me and mm-hmm. then avoid, you know, mistakes I made or they can go and, no, we'll try course, to do it do it our own way. Of course, it, we, we, we give them a break between 17 and 22 because they don't listen to anybody. <laughs> no. <that> point, right? <laughs> so, so it's before and after that that we, yeah. we get you, you have anybody over 22 kids? I, I have, uh, yes. Okay. One, uh, actually, two. Two. two there you go. Point. Okay. You get, and it sneaks up on you, doesn't yeah, it? Seven, seven yeah. to go. <laughs> Isn't that? Yeah, seven to go. Yeah. yeah. People are like, what? Uh, listen to episode Thirteen and fourteen, and you'll 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 get it. Danny, you are blessed with nine kids, which yes. is awesome. So listen, guys, he knows what he's talking about here. This isn't <laughs> this isn't just theory. He's uh, he's living it. I'm, I'm still learning. Let's let's go to well, in that caveat. That's good. I but I boy, I highly respect. I had three, so yeah, that, I'm thinking, man, that about killed me. <laughs> and I and I love him to death. But yeah. uh, not my youngest is 25, mm-hmm. so you, so I get it. But he and he's actually starting to finally say, you know what, Dad, you're not so dumb after all. Yeah. You know, That's exactly. But interestingly, Solomon, you know, he was he had been king for 40 years, but let's go back upstream in time. So David, his father, had been king for 40 years, and then mm-hmm. the guy before David had been king for 40 years. So you have 120 years where all three, Saul and then David and then Solomon, were king over all 12 tribes mm-hmm. of Israel. So these shepherding um, sons have become families, have become tribes, mm-hmm. if you would. So it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty big um, armies, if, so 12 armies right. also is implied. But Saul was an interesting character, and it's often overlooked, but 
so that I don't offend anyone, I'm going to call him a mule skinner, you know, from the Southern expressions. Um, <laughs> King James Version uses, um, calls him an ass herder, but I'm not going to use that for shock value, so we'll call him a mule skinner. Um, uh, but typically, mule skinner's carrying a whip. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that around that time, the people of Israel, the children of Israel have rejected God. We don't want God as our shepherd. We want a king. We want to be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And Samuel's like, God, what do we do? And God says, go ahead and give him a king. And I'm paraphrasing this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and give him a king. They're not going to like it, but go ahead and give him a king. It's also interesting in the prophets you read that oftentimes God gives people the leadership they deserve. So mm-hmm. when, he gives, for. when he gives the children of Israel this mule skinner mm-hmm. king, what is he saying about them? You're a bunch of mules, mm-hmm. you know, if you would. And likely, I like, when I share this, usually I'll have a whip. You know, that's kind of the mule skinner mentality. And again, what is the, what is the mule skinner doing? The mule's going to carry the saddle. He's going to pull the load, pull the wagon, pull the plow. The mule is working for the mule skinner. Yeah. So that's that's the people's exhibit one, if yeah. you will. I'm going to use you for my own benefit. Exactly. Yep. Then David was Which a— is all, There's a lot of leaders like that, yes, right? Yes, there yeah. are. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about them. Yeah. But then you look at David. He was a shepherd who became king. And so, again, he led with that. And I believe he probably coached Solomon that way because Solomon in Proverbs 27 is telling Rehoboam, be a diligent shepherd king. Don't be a kingly king. Be a shepherd king. And these are the things that you'll do. And just like you were talking about uh, in um, Proverbs 27, it talks about um, the shepherd will bring in the hay, and then there will be the time of the grass, and there will be the herbs on the mountain. And that describes the feeding process. So in the wintertime, you better have stockpiled some hay because there's nothing growing. Right. So the shepherd's got to be, you know, knowing the times, you know, the needs within and the times without, if you yeah, would. Yeah, that's good. And so he's going to stockpile the hay. But then, you know, those, those uh, um, the ewes, the, the female sheep, you know, will get, become pregnant during that time. Mm-hmm. Then they'll give birth to their lambs and they'll be out on grass. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be a time when it gets hot, they'll take them up into the mountains. And that's where it's good to have sheep and goats because goats will clean out the junk where the herbs are, which the sheep need for horn growth, for wool, for et cetera, mm-hmm. um, and all for them to to improve. And then the cycle, will, they'll come back down the mountain and go into feeding hay. And that's kind of how the cycle, because that shepherd is doing everything to serve those sheep. Mm-hmm. And so, again, if he, the shepherd does those three things, then he's going to receive you know the the good consequences that come with that. Yeah. Um, and and the, that time in Pro, the passage in Proverbs tells us that. So let's quickly accelerate in the story. So, you know, again, Solomon's been king. So we have 120 years of three kings ruling all 12 tribes. Mm-hmm. And Solomon's telling Rehoboam, hey, be a shepherding king. And so Solomon dies, Rehoboam's king. And so he meets with all the leaders of Israel. And basically it was a, it was a tax issue. They said, look, can you give us a break on taxes? We've been paying a lot of taxes to your dad, but we don't know you that well. So we, you give us a break for a bit. And Rehoboam asks the, the elder advisors that he had, and they're like, yes, listen to the people. They will, they will serve you, and they, mm-hmm. will, they will respect you. But the punks that he's been running with, who Solomon had said don't, you know, in Proverbs, when he's talking about don't hang out with that crowd, yeah. that's the crowd that he's with. They're like, hey, no, you put, you put the, the screws to them, so to speak. Yeah. Not only keep that, but raise it. Yes. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, kind of like, well, no, I can't let how taxes go. I've got my dad's, you know, palace because, I mean, he inherited, you know, unbelievable wealth right. that Solomon had. Right. And then Solomon even asked him, you know, will the crown endure forever and their riches, you know, don't they last forever? And riches are not forever, and nor does the crown endure to all generations. And Rehoboam's probably thinking, well, of course it does. I mean, God promised to David twice and to Solomon twice that, hey, there'll be someone sitting on the throne for uh, forever. 
But Rehoboam was the weak link in the chain yeah. because he failed to respond as a shepherd yeah. king. And so he goes, he rejects the elderly advisor's advice, and he says, look, my, I'm, my little finger is going to be thicker than my daddy's waist, and I'm going to beat you with scorpions on my whips. So he has gone back to Saul, the mule skinner attitude, yep. rather than being. And so in turn, the ten tribes leave him. Mm-hmm. And so he quickly, I mean, just in a matter of probably weeks, goes from being having 12 armies to only two. And really it was one because Judah was a huge army, but Benjamin didn't have that much. Right. But ten armies now are forming their own kingdom, Israel. And then Rehoboam's kingdom starts to be pillaged by Shishak from Egypt and other kingdoms and nations. Mm-hmm. And so the crown did not endure forever and riches did not last forever because of his failure yeah. to be a shepherding king. Yeah. And I'm like, man, how sad mm-hmm. that he blew it, even though he had been guided by the wisest man, um, humanly speaking, obviously Jesus you know, yeah. being the wisest, but Solomon, the wisest man, um, and he ignored his dad's advice and was not a shepherdly king. And and I'm like, okay, he, he blew it. You know, and how often have I blown it, you yeah. know, and not listened to advice? Yep. But to me, that's the thing that um, it, the whole thing with shepherd leadership is the shepherd is there to serve those sheep and do everything. The sheep do nothing. They don't carry a load. Yeah. They're not pulling a wagon. They don't have saddle bags. They don't have a saddle. Yeah. I mean, all, all they do is eat. Is, is eat. Yeah, and, and, that, and that same analogy for us is, you know, we're called to – eat not bread god does not or man does not live by bread alone but every word that proceeds from the mouth of god right and it's interesting that yeah this is a whole other topic but how sheep digest their food they they're ruminant animals Mm -hmm. you know animals where they they eat they they have to chew it again Mm -hmm. swallow chew it again swallow chew it again and and that's what a sign of meditation of god's word you know Mm -hmm. we have to dig deep meditate 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 and then we gain strength but but all that kind of coming back to the selfless idea uh that's what I think is the big challenge. You know, it's just not it's just not kosher to be selfless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not popular in our culture to think about being intentional for someone else. Uh, it's always, hey, what's in it for me, 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 me? And even to the point now where we don't care if someone steps on me to get there, well, that's okay because it's all about them too. And so, you know, they have to be up about them and I have to be about me. Well, that's, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's certainly not leadership. Right. And, and another uh, gentleman I've learned from and been a mentor on my faith journey is talking about the importance from the sheep is um, because in the land of Israel, you've got farmland, which mm-hmm. there's not a lot of that, but you're not going to have the sheep running around that. The sheep are going to be in the desert, yeah. if you would, where the green pastures. I mean, when I read Psalm 23 and read the green pastures, I think, well, that's belly deep alfalfa. That's not the case. Right. There's a little sprig of grass here. And I walk a little bit further, and there'll be another sprig. But the shepherd knows where the grass is. Yes. If I lose sight of the shepherd, I'm not going to have the opportunity to, to uh, start that process where you, you know, were talking about with the ruminant yep. um, and so forth. And in turn, the shepherd knows where the water, where the safe water right. is. Still waters. There'll be flooded. <laughs> there'll be floods in the wadis, but that can be dangerous because, again, with, with those floods that they have, I mean, it could be raining miles away, and that water's coming crashing down. I mean, it's moving boulders probably maybe as big as this room that we're sitting in, mm-hmm. and you're down there drinking, getting some water. That's not quiet waters. Right. The shepherd will know where those are, so you can't lose sight of the shepherd. You know, it's interesting, and my mind goes back to, uh, in fact, uh, uh, I think it's your brother-in-law who's a chaplain, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, yes. <laughs> who I know very well. Um, one thing I really appreciate about him and, and guys like him 
is the identity that he pours into his his role and task as a chaplain. Um, the fact that he would get there in the down and dirty with the guys. He's out there training with the guys. He's out there experiencing what they're experiencing. He's not in his ivory tower. He's not, he's not, this isn't about what he can do to gain recognition. Even, even his motivation to do, you know, I'm doing my air quotes here, you know, uh, ministry. Mm-hmm. But it's really about how can I make a difference? How can I be an encouragement to the people, again, that God has now placed me in front of, go back to that entrustment thing, and then watching the powerful trust that's built between shepherd and sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's that relationship there because they, the sheep follow the, and hear and follow the shepherd's voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've, I've seen that in, you know, in your brother-in-law and, mm-hmm. and, and, and what he's doing, especially in a very tough, he was kind of put in a very little tough role there uh, where I don't know that in this particular unit, um, a lot of guys really appreciate chaplains. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening to this, I, this is no, this is no qualm on chaplains. And I, I know a lot of chaplains would say this, you know, sometimes you know, we, there's a lot of great chaplains out there. But there are a lot of chaplains out there that aren't so great, mm-hmm. you know, or they aren't really, they're not gaining the respect of their men, or, or the guys don't even know what, many of them don't even, my son, who, who is now, you know, he's in the Q course, he's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's about uh, five or six months from his Green Beret, uh, proud of him, mm-hmm. but, you know, he said to me just a few weeks ago, Dad, you know, sometimes I see, I'm like, I don't even, why is this guy here? Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, he's just taking up space, he's not doing anything, he's not, there's no relationship, there's no, you know, so I think a lot of that leadership comes down to, as simple as me saying, can I care and love someone, is that really where leadership begins? Because that's what I'm hearing you say. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I think that— That's that, pretty uh, simple if it is. It's yeah, <laughs> what, what you're saying is, is a great example. I remember the um, first chaplain I saw, because um, I was a uh, combat engineer, mm-hmm. showed up my battalion, and they were chock full of lieutenants, so I got reassigned to go fill a space <laughs> somewhere else. And we're out, you know, doing these. It was a headquarters unit, which typically is out not doing ruck marches, right. but we were. And I'll never forget <laughs> the chaplain. He looked like he had probably the one of the most messed up knees I've ever seen, but really? he was out there. And I'm like, and it really spoke to me. I'm like, okay, he's demonstrating what right's supposed to look like. But the Marines and sailors respected him. And when they had a problem, he had been out there with them. Right. And I, I don't know if I need to give credit to this. This is something I used. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not claiming it's original, but I used it as if it were because shared misery builds camaraderie. And sometimes I had yeah. to bring the misery, but, you know, I remember <laughs> at uh, Bridgeport. We went on sometimes that. I caused the misery. <laughs> I caused the misery. <laughs> uh, but we went out and um, we're doing a night ski march because mm-hmm. I wanted my Marines. We were, we were part of the public works or facilities maintenance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I want you Marines to understand why we have jobs. We're supporting the units that are up here training. And we understand the we need to understand the misery that they're going through. Wow! And I have never heard such foul language in my life. With that, and it was not a long night ski march. Wow! And it was not that difficult a terrain. Right. But you know the thing they talked about until they all PCS was that night ski march. Really? Because we endured it. <laughs> we endured it together. So we did it as a brotherhood, and so exactly. we are bonded. <laughs> right. And so I think there's something to be said with, and, and I don't know, maybe chaplains need to be coached. Yeah. Hey, look, you've got to em, you know embrace the suck, so yeah. to speak. Right, right. That you're going to get out there and then, then, and then let them see that you will suffer with alongside them. That's awesome. Because you have so much credibility. Um, with them at that point. You know, so as we wind this down, I know this is a little bit unconventional because we could talk about a lot of other things in leadership as it relates to skills and leadership, which this isn't really about. This is really more about the character and the heart of leadership. Uh, and that's really where it's got to begin. And I, I think sometimes we've, we've tried to take shortcuts around that. So 
So if you're listening today, I, I, I pray, I do, I hope, and I know I, I won't speak for your nanny, but I'm, but I'm assuming you would, you, would, you would concur with this, is that if someone, whoever you are, wherever you find yourself, whatever role you're playing, whether you're, a, you're, you're an E1 or, a, or an O8, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, we all have a responsibility to truly care about and love the people. I'm not talking about kissing on them and, you know, I'm talking about but love. Care, love means you're going to think about them before you think of yourself. That was the greatest act of love. No greater love has any man than he lay his life down. You know, exactly. for his friends is what Jesus said. So there isn't any greater expression of leadership than that. And I think that's something that's a, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a filter. And, a, and I think if we can put that in place, mm-hmm. you know, I would challenge our listeners that uh, you got nothing to lose other than your own selfishness and pride and arrogance. You know, set that aside and, and see what difference that makes in the lives of other people around you. And I would submit and, and, and totally concur um, with, with what you said, but you'll become the leader that those people will remember yeah. when you've done that. I mean, it, when, when the General Charles Krulak makes a phone call yeah. you know, on a tough day, um, awkward situation like we've already talked about, but he's willing to do that. Well, a leader that you emulate and want to be like. Exactly. Or, or, or that you respect and want to emulate. Right. Sorry, yeah. And, and I've told that story hundreds of times now. And I don't think that's ex- over-exaggerating since, you know, well, started sharing in January of 98, mm-hmm. um, God's faithfulness in helping me through a tough day. Yeah. So there's been many audiences, and it always gets people's attention, yeah. you know, particularly business leaders. Right. Wow, I wonder if I would have made that phone call. Right. Um, and it's, again, didn't take a lot of time. No. Busy day. I mean, to, under, to say he's busy would be an understatement. Of course. But he was willing to go in an awkward situation and throw that lifeline. And that was a great example to other leaders. Yeah. Uh, I won't take time to, to uh, pull that thread, but that was um, to other leaders to do the same. So let's summarize. Don't be a mule skin or be a shepherd. Yes, <laughs> Don't crack the whip. Yeah, you know, yeah. Carry a staff. Carry a staff. And, and that doesn't mean you can't be firm at times, but, but a staff is that of comfort, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort, comfort me. me. That's a that's a pretty cool deal. All right, man, we're out of time, Danny. I, I, I'm kind of disappointed. I could, we could go on and on and on, but I, I pray that uh, our listeners have been encouraged by this. Uh, man, please contact us. Let us know uh, uh, what maybe has impacted you, how we can help, how we can come alongside. Uh, please check out Lead with liberty.com lead with liberty.com that's uh, danny white's website and uh, he's got some tremendous materials that uh, we would highly recommend that you uh, dive into and uh, and always you can contact us here at the warrior's journey uh the warrior's journey.org uh love to hear more about that one last opportunity any last words before we sign off here danny Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate the opportunity to join, and I uh, hope it's been an encouragement. Oh, um, I just again sharing what I'm learning, uh, and a little bit I've learned already, but uh, I've not got it figured out yet. But uh, grateful for this opportunity, and hope it'll encourage um, others to see a, a beautiful picture of leadership. Well, we appreciate that, and we're privileged to have you. It's uh, I can tell you right now, I'm, I've been blessed by by just having this topic brought to the surface and hearing some of the encouragement you brought. So, pray that's uh, the same for you as you're listening. We look forward to hearing from you next week or or you joining us next week please join us and be a part Uh, and until then we pray that you have an amazing week and uh, god bless you we'll see you next time thank you for listening to the warrior's journey podcast for more episodes visit the warriorsjourney.org slash podcast be sure to leave a review ask questions give or get involved today the warrior's journey helping warriors and their families discover and grow in their journey of faith